0: Happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another outstanding episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Today, we are talking about secure app and really taking the application first approach to security. So, settle in and join us for the next half hour or so as our amazing Cisco Champion hosts uncover what you want to know. And just a reminder, you can always learn more about any of the topics covered in this podcast simply by clicking on the link provided in the description below. All right, let's get started with our short round of introductions. Who's here with us today? Randy, we'll start with you. Can you tell us more about who you are and what it is you do? Uh,
1: I'm a Leo. Uh, I like long walks on the beach. Very nice. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm a director of technical marketing engineering um, for the Cisco Security Business Group. What does that actually mean? That means that I get to play with cool tech and build cool products. And right now I'm spending my time working in the app security space. Although I've been around uh, Cisco for uh, 16 years, Uh, my gray hairs, which you can't see, uh, account and attest to that fact. Um, But I've, uh, I've always spent my time building innovations at Cisco around collaboration, IoT, and now security.
0: So for counting years at Cisco by gray hairs, I would estimate you've been here for about 50 years.
1: Uh, no, no, you can't see the other <laughs> side of my face. It's closer to 100.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. Artem, you're up next. Who are you? What do you do? And how many gray hairs do you have?
2: Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Artem. I don't have yet the gray hair. Um, that's a good sign so far, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. Um I am production manager at Gain Capital Stonics right now and uh do all the magic around the networks and systems. Um you can find me on Twitter, just use my name and surname.
0: Great. Okay. Shy. Don't be shy. Tell us about yourself.
3: I will not be, uh, my name is Shai Silverman. I'm the director of network services for San Jose State University, managing a collection of uh, technologies. Uh, and as far as uh gray hairs, uh, it's a little hard to tell when you uh, buzz your head. So I kinda don't know about hey, that. Hey, that's a life hack. <laughs> and my uh, Twitter handle is Shaidom, S-H-A-I-D-O-M.
0: Awesome. All right, Randy. Uh, kicking it back to you, let's start with the quick high-level introduction of what we're talking about today.
1: Uh, we are talking about uh, the greatest innovation that Cisco has ever brought to market. Uh, that is... that is Slice bread? Since sliced bread, <laughs> Cisco made that as well. Um, we brought, we're uh, bringing AppDynamics with Cisco Secure Application to market. Uh, as Amy Lee called it, secure app. You'll hear us shorten it down to that, I'm sure, through this conversation. But it's really about removing the friction that has existed and still to this day exists between the app teams and security teams. We can make both of their lives better. Um, and it just boils down to giving them some shared context and giving them the tools they need that actually work together with each other instead of you know creating big walls and lobbing grenades over the the, uh, the wall to each other.
3: So Randy, uh, this is Shai. I have kind of a a question for for you here about this. So, I mean, this is a very exciting topic and and very timely, especially as we've seen the fact that uh, we see uh, more and more and more attacks, more and more vulnerabilities. Uh, I mean, the the threat moves at speed like never before, Uh, but also our application development speed has also changed. Can you kind of uh, talk about how uh, this really helps the whole CI, CD methodology that we work in today?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a really, you know, you made some salient points there, Shy, And a lot of the, like the reasons that we're even going into this space is the friction that has always existed has only gotten worse and worse over time, right? So this application development speed is really what's triggering it. Um, applications, instead of rolling out a, a new release in a waterfall-like manner every, you know, six months, people are rolling out changes to their apps on like an hourly basis, how the heck does a security person keep up with that right how do you define a policy that changes every hour no human can do that it has to be done in an automated and autonomous way like you have to know the application and then understand the security um risks that it's introducing and understand the you know where the the chance that someone's going to get into that app and protect it but it's got to be done in a way that can keep up with that speed so um that's really what we're focused on. And the best way to do that is to get inside the application, be part of that process. So you mentioned like CICD pipeline, um, that's like that whole shift left and DevSecOps movement, which is totally changing the way application owners are thinking about how to secure their products. And the security teams are kind of being brought in to create these guardrails. And the output of that, the runtime environment where your apps sit is where secure app Shines. So in the pipeline, um, you're going to be fixing problems before they get out into production. But once it does get in production and that vulnerability, that unknown um, gets released into the wild and people start trying to exploit it, you need to make sure you've got protection there in runtime as well. So, Secure App is focused on looking at that aspect of it and protecting you in the runtime. Uh, and then giving time back to the app developers who need to make those changes in the shift left and like in the CI CD building a policy that protects your runtime from uh, exploitation of those vulnerabilities so that you can actually fix it in code without messing with your backlog, right? I don't know if you've spent time with these app folks that usually have a hundred items on their list of things that need to get done that customers are expecting. And if we slow that down, then all of a sudden security gets cut out of the loop. So we got to make sure we work with that, buy them the time, let them do
2: their job. Yeah, I think that's an excellent explanation. Ren, is there any difference whether you run that, I mean, your CD pipeline in cloud or on-prem? The
1: cloud-prem conversation, I think it's pretty fair to say that these days, if someone's building net new application, it is going to be built for the cloud, right? But that doesn't mean that you don't have a whole litany of applications that are sitting on-premise that are essential to your business, right? There is no enterprise out there who is going to have all one or the other. They're going to have a little bit of each. They're even going to have in some cases where they don't even have access to the source code for these custom applications that are running their business. So in all those cases, you're going to want to make sure you're protected in the the runtime environment, like I was saying. So our approach is let's make sure we are able to instrument an app no matter where you want to run it, whatever cloud it's in, if it's on-premise or whatever. And the way we do that is by leveraging AppDynamics. So AppDynamics has an APM, as you guys know, that sits inside the app that's monitoring the health of that application uh, 24-7, wherever it runs. We're actually including security controls directly into that. So again, whether that app is in Azure or GCP or AWS or on-premise, doesn't matter. We're going to be there with the APM and the security capabilities monitoring it.
3: Randy, I, I want to kind of go back to, to a point you touched upon a, a little bit. But uh, one of yeah. the issues mm-hmm. uh, that I see in traditional security environment versus the app team is that the security team is working in a whole external system like Qualys and looking from the outside in and don't really have the visibility into uh, the environment developers are at. I mean, so how, how do you solve that problem within uh, AppDynamics and secure app?
1: Yeah, so it's it's kind of fundamental to how APMs work. Um, they sit inside the application and they see the inbound events that are spinning up the business logic, that are uh, executing the lines of code that have been written, um, that are leveraging third-party APIs. So by being inside the app and instrumenting, it's called bytecode instrumentation, like you get to see exactly what a particular method is doing. Um that visibility allows us insights from inside the application that, I mean, most security professionals would go nuts over. Like imagine if you could see the exact SQL query that's being sent, right? Imagine you could see from a forensic analysis, like let's say a vulnerability got exploited. What files did they touch? What processes did they spin up? Like a if you knew exactly what that was. And then imagine if you knew exactly what line of code needed to go be fixed for that particular uh, exploited vulnerability. Like everyone kind of wins in that model where you get that deep insight and understanding. You got the sec ops and incident response people getting the forensic analysis. You've got the app sec and dev people knowing exactly where that vulnerability needs to be fixed. Um, And then you got the app ops people and the IT ops who care about like how is the health of my business through my lens of my applications, understanding if security is having an impact on that. It's um, kind of a win-win for all of them.
2: Um, Randy, is there any integration between different systems um, within the security portfolio Cisco has?
1: Yeah, so uh, Cisco security is um, really focused on bringing together our applications through the Securex platform, right? And that's where you're going to be able to gain tremendous insights across different visibility for a real true XDR solution, right? So you understand what's happening endpoint level, what's happening on the network, what's happening with your applications, what's happening with your workloads, all coming together through there. And so um, Secure App or or, or Cisco Secure Application will funnel its events eventually into SecureX to be part of that process.
2: I think I have another question, if you don't mind. Um, I know there is a, another product really very um, similar to AppDynamics. It's called Tetration. Is there any synergies with this product?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I get that question a ton. And I think it's really interesting that the question comes up because of perspective. And, and I think it comes up a lot from, you know, I've mentioned the walls between the app and the security side. It's, it's all about perspective. So we get that question because people... Um, uh, with a traditional infrastructure security mindset, um, hear vulnerability, they hear attack, they start thinking, okay, well, what what falls within that realm, right? I'm going to get um, IPS, I'm going to get firewall, I'm going to get micro segmentation and workload security and things like tetration, um, or now called secure workload, got to make sure I use the right marketing terminology, secure workload. Um, the But you know, in reality, on the app side of the house, that inside-out view from within the application is something that wasn't traditionally there. So when we talk about vulnerabilities in an app, we're talking about, like, in-app vulnerabilities. Are you not scrubbing your user input? Are you not logging your security exceptions? Are you not parameterizing your SQL queries so that people can go and do SQL injection? Um, and so they kind of they coexist, right? You, you're going to need... Here, here's a really good example. Let's say an attacker is going to... Um, want to leave a backdoor on a workload. They find a vulnerable application, let's say it's a Java app, they're gonna use um, uh, deserialization vulnerability, right? Insecurity serialization. They're gonna serialize some data, shoot it off, it'll get uh, interpreted in the code, and let's say it spins up a process and downloads a new agent. If you have secure app, you'll see that inbound request was doing some insecurity serialization, right? You'd see exactly what they were trying to get that process to do. Um, tetration or secure workload. Again, I have to put a penny in the jar for using the uh, the old name. Um, using secure workload, you would see things like, okay, I saw a unknown process spin up or it's abnormal behavior that's opening up a connection to a host it shouldn't. Um, a secure workload doesn't, uh, secure application doesn't see any of that. So it's got to be a combination of both what's happening inside the application, what risk is int- is introduced, what's being exploited, and then the workload, seeing what's actually happening in the underlying operating system. Um, peanut butter and jelly, as I like to call it.
3: And another question I have here, which I think it's always interesting, is now you see that the, a lot of the security platforms are leveraging uh, artificial intelligence and machine learnings in order to uh, understand, build trends of how the application behaves. And based upon that, uh, just uh, draw attention to things that fall outside the baselines. Uh, how are you mm-hmm. using AI and ML in the product?
1: Uh, great question. I, I think it's really fundamental to any product being built these days to to leverage the advancements that we've seen um, in AI and machine learning. And, and the way we look at it is the network effect of this being a SaaS offer and getting visibility to the footprint and security um, footprint across all of these applications, this network effect is pretty huge, right? We can start learning from people who are actively exploiting particular libraries, vulnerabilities um, in a certain way within one environment and help that build the model that we use uh, in in other applications. Uh, And we can give insights to folks to say, hey, we saw this active exploit within someone else's application that's using similar components as yours. And then you can train your models by responding to some of our detections and saying, hey, you know what, this, this, one, this one doesn't look like a problem. This one is a problem. That'll eventually build out a really um, robust model that helps inform uh, the entire network as well as um, your own environment.
3: I know we call this. Um, I mean, the product name is uh, App AppDynamics and uh, secure app. But I mean, today yeah. we're not deploying uh, applications only. Today we're doing a lot of. Uh, uh, I mean, with Kubernetes, microservices, uh, which is how we scale up our applications. Uh, mm-hmm. I, can you talk a little bit about how this is uh, differs for microservices and, and how this scales up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, once we get instrumented into the microservice with the APM uh, agent that has the secure app capabilities in it. Um, It kind of follows the app. So you can scale it up or down as many times as you want uh, or as much as you want, and um, it will always be there protecting that application. And um, AppDynamics has got visibility uh, within cloud-native environments to get telemetry and observability to the behavior of your Kubernetes cluster. but, from a security standpoint, our focus is purely on that inside app version. when you want to start looking at workload security like in Kubernetes, then that's where something like secure workload comes into it into play right and You start monitoring the behavior of um, the app, the workloads that are running within your Kubernetes cluster
2: cool um uh, I think I have another question, Randy, about the licenses. Mm-hmm. How are these products are being licensed Um there in many of Light sign altqs uh, Famous about the licenses and uh, yeah, yeah, it's practically free. <laughs> it's practically free, I promise. So oh, no,
1: we're licenses okay. on a on a host. How uh, host can I, I get it?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> just send me your uh, send me send me some uh, send okay. me a check, and I'll, I'll cut you some. Um, uh, I thought you, you said got... it was
3: priceless. <laughs> yes,
1: just like your singing that you did before we started yeah. recording. Shy, it's priceless. <laughs> so. We license it on a host basis. Uh, You license the the host um, and as many instances of applications that are running on there. So like in a Kubernetes environment, if you're spinning up 100 containers on a Kubernetes node, you license that one node and you're you're covered. Um, Likewise, if you're doing monolithic applications and it's just on a VM, the same thing applies. You license the host and then you run as many instances on that host as necessary.
3: I have a lot of... uh background in networking. And uh, Mm -hmm. one of the things I've seen that made a huge difference for our ability to manage networks better and in in a more proactive way is being able to get telemetry from the network. And I understand that also this product also provides application telemetry. Can you uh, elaborate on how that works, what information it provides and and, and why this is so crucial to uh, making this product uh, as awesome as it is?
2: Yeah, maybe, can can, can I, can I add it on top of that? Yeah, sorry, Andy. Um, and, and can you maybe um, also give some hints how from the network standpoint, you can take the telemetry from the network and maybe combine those two, you know, if you're willing to troubleshoot some security um, attacks or things like that?
1: Yeah, uh, great question. So uh, AppDynamics is all about full stack observability, um, and, and that is insight to all the components that make up your application. Uh, it's not just the health of your microservices it's the databases that they access um it's the message buses it's the um servers that they run on it's the the network visibility it's the end user experience and impact to the business and it's and the security components and across all of those um uh, observations that we make and the, the insights that we obtain, you have to have telemetry, right? Without data, you're just making guesses. So it's all about access to this data. And if you know going back to this inside out view, when you are down inside the application, you can see things that you wouldn't normally be able to see from the outside in, right? And so we have the agents within App Dynamics, that's it in the APM that's giving you insight inside the application. You have your um, agents that sit on um, databases. You have agents that sit in the server level, all like giving all that rich telemetry and then all coming together inside the AppD controller. And the, the part that really gets me kind of excited, and I know you didn't ask this, and, and I wasn't even told to pitch this by anyone, but I just really love it, is AppDynamics has got this, uh, what's called business IQ or biz IQ, you might hear people reference it. It's where it like correlates all of that telemetry and data to what actually matters to the business, right? User conversion, revenue, whatever makes your like business tick. And so all that telemetry is kind of meaningless unless you do something with it. And they can get it all the way back down to like these beautiful business reports that you know executives love to consume.
2: So,
3: so you can give it context.
2: Yeah. Yep. So does it does it mean that you can really define the KPI that you are really
1: interesting game. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly right. So when you define these, these dashboards or the business IQ, it's all about what matters to my business. Do I want to make sure that I've started a new marketing campaign? Am I converting those users? Um, how long has it taken them to, you know, close a, a purchase? How many pairs of socks did they buy on their last uh, trip to my, my web store? Or, you know, is the performance of the application or the health of my application causing a problem there. And so it's a really cool way to start thinking about um, the technical data and the telemetry we're getting and, and to the impact it has on the business. Uh, and I think it has a huge, um, like it's going to basically explode in the security side where it's almost always seen as an expense, as a hindrance, as a burden. If you can start flipping that around and looking at security as a, um, you know, a business innovation, as a way to move faster, that's, that's when people are going to start waking up and being like, you know, security isn't just a pain in the butt. Security is something I want to spend time and energy on. Again, I'm really excited about bullish on that space.
3: I got a couple more questions for you. Uh, and I think we yeah. kind of cover that, but uh, you're pretty much platform agnostic. So you don't really care what cloud you're running in. It could be one of the three, could be on-prem, could be uh, even uh, some some specialty kind of cloud uh Okay. Uh, and then the uh, the other thing I see here, and I think this is kind of like a real game changer, is that uh, a lot of times I think um, companies and application developers try to get the fix out the door. And here what I see is I see that, that this is more of almost like a runtime protection. Uh, I mean, can, can you yeah, talk a little totally. bit about some of the advantages and, and how that
1: works? Yeah, like we go back to that example of the deserialization bit. Um, that could be because of a third-party library. It could be because you you know you wrote some code that isn't isn't doing what it needs to be doing. Not scrubbing your user input, um, or you're taking that user input and sending it right off to um, to some function that's going to allow you to run a process or whatever. But so you've you've done something there that you need to fix. But in the app world, like just changing a library could cause a whole refactoring of an application, right? Let's say they changed all the APIs of a library. And you've got to go rewrite that. I mean, that's a daunting task. And when you've got a list of things that your customers are demanding, and that are, you know, back to those KPIs that Artem mentioned, like if you're measuring your success of your business based on like meeting your customer's needs, you need to spend time doing that. And if you spend all your time fixing vulnerabilities and and uh, the, the the issues that might pop up in runtime, You kind of get um, stuck behind. So our view is let's give them some control in app. Let's not just tell them we see a problem, but give them that control. They can go ahead and block some of that bad behavior, protect them in that runtime environment so that they can then fix it when it makes most sense and fix it in the best way possible. Because sometimes that best fix might require a significant amount of work. Um, And app teams are are certainly not going to be eager to go tackle that if they have a big backlog of, of features they need to deliver.
3: Which never happens, right? In app development, you no. never have a
2: backlog.
1: No, no, no. It's always about innovation, and it's never about the slogging through the backlog of things that other people want.
2: Is there, is there any limitation, Randy, for the uh, secure app? I mean, I don't know, maybe one hundred comics per second, or things like that—that that, you know, this uh, solution can handle. Or...
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question, and it's especially important um, thinking about the people that are using like App Dynamics. Um, the people who are instrumenting their applications with an APM, like the performance of that application is essential for the success of their business. If the app doesn't perform, their business suffers. So um we know that. And the beauty of what we did with this application and with this product is we brought together the APM architects and engineers to build the in-app agent and security capabilities with performance in mind. Performance first. The application must stay operational. It must be performant. Um, we need to be able to be uh, provide security controls on top of that, but performance is always first and, and foremost. And then we brought the security side of the house in. So we got security architects and engineers into the mix to help make sure that we built in the really tight security controls. So we had some tremendous assets that were kind of sitting in our backyard and and our deal was like, let's just glue these suckers together and see what we can do. And so like what actually happens from a performance standpoint, when you instrument this application, you will see next to zero impact on the CPU um, with the security controls enabled. Um, from a memory and disk footprint, you're going to see somewhere between 10 and 20 megs, um, which is next to nothing. right? The app teams were talking to. Um, kind of see that as a non-factor for the benefit it's providing. It's it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, and then from the security side of the house, they're just so giddy to get footprint inside the application without any work, right? That's my favorite is when we talk to security people and we tell them like this sounds great. What do we have to have the app teams do? We're like, oh, just flip the switch. And they're like, no, you're full of it. Like, no, that's not possible. Like, no, seriously, just flip the switch. You license it, turn it on, and like security capabilities, whoop, off the go. So um I don't know it's from a performance standpoint, it's pretty awesome. And, um, you know, the other thing is downtime. I mentioned flipping the switch, it quite literally is flipping a switch. There is no downtime when you turn it on, by the way, also when you update policy, no downtime, everything just stays up and running because again, this is designed with, you know, performance and keeping these app owners happy.
3: Randy, can you talk a little bit about how uh, secure app and App Dynamics uh, how they work together? Uh, do I need to install a second set of uh, software? I mean, I mean, how how do I? I mean, if I already invested into the App Dynamic platform, how how do I get into the secure app portion?
1: Awesome, awesome question. So um, we are SaaS, and SaaS only. So the beauty is there is no installation on the server side of things. Again, it's it's just licensing. You know, flip the the license switch, and off you go. Um, from the agent perspective, um, you will need to have the, the latest version of the agent that includes the security controls. Uh, when we go GA, um, that will be there. You can put the uh, agent into your app through your normal upgrade process for that agent, and then you just turn on the license and it, it gets enabled. Uh, I'm going to guess that what's going to end up happening is we're going to have a lot of customers who don't even realize they've got security controls in there after they've upgraded the agent. And, you know, some very helpful salesperson from AppDynamics or Cisco is going to walk in and say, hey, by the way, did you know that you've got security controls in all of your applications you care about? Um, so, yeah, it's it's this pretty seamless process um, end to end.
3: And I assume licensing wise, I mean, it's an additional uh, like cost for the feature uh, per host.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yep. So you license it per the host and
2: and um,
1: uh, and then you're off to the races.
2: Is there any migration uh, from uh, AppDynamics to the secure app? Yeah, it's the exact path, same
1: process. Yeah, it's it's like we are part of the agent, and so you follow the exact um, workflows that you've built for deploying um, upgrades to the APM agent, and use that same process to upgrade to the agent that has security controls. So we, we are trying to be, on the security side, we are trying to step away from getting like interfering with how the app folks run their business. Like, let's use the tooling they're already, like, know and love. Let's make sure that we don't create downtime. Let's not have a performance impact. These are all the things that typically app teams, if they, like, were to, like, the list the three things that they don't like about security. One, they break everything. Two, they slow me down. Um, and three, they want access to everything I don't want to give them to. Like, they're, they're going to interfere. And so we basically remove. And all four, they create and
3: emergencies. Table. And fourth, they create emergencies.
1: They do. And, and and let's be clear here, rightfully so in some cases. But if we give them the right tools, then we can, you know, help put that fire out. So let's kind of like
3: talk about a, a day in the life of uh, the up here, right? So uh, our company uh, went ahead, invested into AppDynamic, a secure app. It's deployed to the cloud. Uh, there's a vulnerability. So just take us through kind of the day in the life of, of, of how this would uh uh, would work and flow through the organization and uh, all the way from detection to remediation.
1: Well, given that they made the smart investment of deploying a secure app, they're going to start their day around eleven because there's not much to do, and they'll end around two, and they'll go to the, have some my ties and
3: no. So I, I mean, he did say it was priceless. Day- so I mean, they didn't have to make the investment, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> That's right. So the the day in the life, let's talk that scenario you brought up of a new vulnerability, and this is where runtime security gets really important. We have tons of instances where um, the security team will uh, find out, learn about some new vulnerability that's impacting a particular third-party library, and their very first order of business is, where is my risk? Where does that exist across my application footprint? And that exercise can be a daunting one, right? Most of the times there is not a detailed explanation or understanding on the security side about app architectures and app components. And so they go to the app teams and say, hey, where is this library, this particular version within all your apps? And the app team has to go do their research. That means they're stopping all the work on the backlog again, right? So the idea is let's give them that visibility and runtime with a instantaneous real-time view as to what all the components are of your application, where that vulnerability might exist. So let's say vulnerability one, two, three drops out, vulnerability one, two, three is going to show up in our vulnerability feed within all the agents. They're going to go look out across all those agents and say, where does this vulnerability actually exist? Um, and we're going to give you what is actually loaded in memory, what is actually in your application, introducing that risk instead of just something sitting on a file system, for instance.
3: Without this, I mean, how long would it take to detect, remediate? And with a secure app, how long will it take? I mean, what's, what's a time
1: savings here? It, it, well, it depends on the dysfunction of the business, but we have seen like significant um, time delays. There is one very large organization that I won't, I won't mention, but they ended up spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and took about six months just to figure out, one, that they were breached, what data was touched, how do they re- remediate it, um, and all of that lost time is something we want to give back, right? And that lost time is is pretty simple when you have that visibility inside the app, right? You can see um, when an active exploit is happening, like not in not in months, in moments, right? You see, boom, it's happened. You see exactly what part of your code is vulnerable. What type, What did they do when they got into the application? It's actually a single screen. It's like my favorite screen that I designed for the product, where you get to see all of that in one, like, beautiful snapshot, where you get to see what you need to go fix, um, how it got through, where it got through, what did it touch, uh, and, it, and you know that back and forth is that's the interesting thing. This product is solving some process issues and people issues. Even though it's technology, it boils down to people and process in a lot of cases. And because these app teams and security teams sit on different sides, going back to that dysfunctional you know, business scenario, th- those people have to sit in a meeting and they have to say, hey, I saw this vulnerability. And the app team says, cool, tell me about that vulnerability. And they say, cool. And they go back and forth and the hour's up, lunch break, and then they have to come back to another meeting. And they have to figure out where did that actually sit? In the- and you end up just back and forthing so much in a really inefficient manner um, that we can solve if we just get that product inside the application itself.
0: And there's no time for my ties. sounds like.
1: More time for my ties.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should be the tagline. It's also
3: hard, <laughs> I think, because a lot of times the security folks and the app folks don't really speak the same language and you know, they're not working the same platform. So I, I, I think that, that it really takes a, a lot longer looking from the inside, from the outside and coming to common ground on what the issue is and how to remediate it.
1: Yeah. My favorite example is, is IP addresses, right? Security team sitting on the network uh, side of it is going to be bringing an IP address to the table and saying, Hey, we think we saw a breach at this IP address on the app side of the house, right? in the ops group, they're going to say, well, that's a Kubernetes cluster. That IP address could be, you know, thousands of services that's been up and down at any minute. I have no idea. I use overlapping subnets as well. So that IP address could be from some other host. So it, IP addresses, I mean, that's to me a prime example. Another one is uh, URLs. So we all like know URLs. We say, you know, google.com, cisco.com, appdynamics.com. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> And like the, in reality, there's like a whole slew of microservices that are sitting behind that. And an app team is going to care about a specific microservice because you're going to have, you know, your two pizza teams that are developing a particular microservice that don't really care about the front-end load balancer um, or the entry point that someone's gonna have into that application. They're gonna care about their microservice. So they, you know, that URL that you hit from the outside has nothing to do with the application's underlying architecture necessarily. And you might end up taking a long time just to get from that URL to which microservice and what team do I need to go talk to.
2: Does it mean that it will be a new team like uh, AppSecOps or something like that? So that's, uh, you know, we'll be just monitoring these kind of vulnerabilities.
1: Uh, that's a great question. I think we are seeing a lot of consolidation happening in personas and responsibility shifting. There's a lot of times where even ops teams are, are and security teams are pushing back on the development organization to take some more ownership uh and it's because they know their application best um that comes with a, a bit of a loss of control and so both the security teams um the op teams need to like make sure they're putting the tools in place to help the app teams and the dev teams succeed in that space. So yeah, definitely some consolidation, um, whether or not we see a whole new persona acronym come out of it, I'm sure there will be, um, DevSecOps is the kind of the the latest one. Um, and if you say that to the wrong person, I I've seen analyst heads explode. So I know it's one of those touchy subjects. Yeah. Yeah, I can there's there, you can't see it uh, on the on the radio here, but these eyes are getting big here. DevSecOps can be a very very Sounds dangerous word in some conversations. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Um Randy, I have another question related to um uh to the uh, programming languages you might be using for the uh, application development. Is there any dependencies or you're agnostic absolutely with your solution?
1: Yep, so we are starting with Java. Uh, for good reason. It is like 70% of application footprint out there in the enterprise. And so starting with Java is essential, right? That's kind of a no, non-starter if you don't. Um, the next in the enterprise, you're gonna see a lot of .NET um, and Node.js, um, Python. We're gonna expand beyond Java into some of those other languages. And it's gonna be based upon you know customer need and demand. But the beauty is, Apti is everywhere, right? Apti is in all those languages already, and so for us, it's simply about picking the right place to go and invest the time and energy next. Um, but yeah, Apti, I don't think you could name a, a language that Apti is not playing in right now.
2: Well, sounds
1: promising. So, speaking yeah, sure. of people, of
3: processes, uh, for listeners of this podcast. Uh, what, what would you say to the security folks who are listening here how to get started and going? And what would you tell the application people here uh, who are listening of how to get started and going? And which you think should be more excited about this?
1: I don't know. There are, there are huge benefits to both of those teams that are totally unique to each other. Um, I think it's going to go back to that dysfunctional, like how dysfunctional are things? Is gonna, that's going <laughs> to directly correlate to how excited you get. So uh, on the app side of the house, getting the visibility to what security is being done to you, which is often a, a phrasing we hear, like what security is done to my application. Seeing like what the policy is that's defined, that's associated with your app. That's a huge win for them. Time savings on being able to buy time in, in productions is, is a big win for them. They get pretty excited. So where to start there for them on the app side is pretty easy. They flip a switch again and they start playing around with the product um, because they've already got the APM there from AppDynamics if they do. If they don't, Please go check out appdynamics.com. A P M. Uh, was that a pitch? Um then on this <laughs> No, come on now, Shy. So on the security side of the house, uh for them to get started, and this is actually a great olive branch, is like going out to the app side of the house and talking to them, you know, hey, I know that you don't like when I run my my DAST scan, right? I know it impacts the application performance. I know that you don't like when I go and say that you got an exploit and you've got to stop all feature development till we go do an analysis. I know that you think I'm a time. um, uh, I was going to use a word that I shouldn't use. Yeah, (laughs) thank (laughs) you. So they that conversation is kind of like an olive branch, if you will, to help build that bridge between the two of them uh and then from there again if you've got the APM it's flipping a switch without any downtime without any interruption to to the operation so it's it's kind of a seamless one so the getting started um in all cases for both sides is pretty pretty painless
0: cisco building bridges that's what we do
1: yeah uh, now i get my penny back from the jar for saying uh, tetrahedron secure workload <laughs> yay thank goodness
0: Ah, well, folks, this has been another great episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I want to thank all of you out there for listening in today and a very special thank you to our guest and Cisco Champions for being a part of today's episode. Again, if you want to learn more about today's topic, just click on the link provided in the podcast description below. And just a reminder, you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit or softly click on that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. See you next Monday.